We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. After a long summer break, Formula One is back this week and for the first leg of a triple header, beginning with a nice, relaxing spa break. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 127, where we'll be previewing the 2021 Belgian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Housen, and I'm joined by Tom Downey of the EF1 podcast. Hello. Making his debut on the show, Aaron Harper. Hi, guys. And Mr. Sam Bam. Thank you, ma'am. Sam Thatcher. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> I, had oh, to I was excited. To yeah, it's, it's always got to be something, isn't there? You got it's, got, it's always got to be something. It's always yeah, got to be something. It's, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a long four weeks without Formula One, so it's, yeah, it's going to be good to be back. It has been a long four weeks indeed, and we're going to my personal favourite racetrack in the world, Tom Spa Francorchamps, and it's a bit of a home race in a way for Max Verstappen. Obviously, he's got a proper home race this year in the Netherlands, but he was born in Belgium, and his mum is Belgian. So how do you see Red Bull getting on this weekend? They're in second in the Constructors' Championship, but do you think they can make a comeback against Mercedes this weekend? Yeah, I, I think Red Bull are going to go pretty well this weekend. You know, they've usually gone fairly well at Belgium, even when they've had their power unit deficiencies, if you like, in the past with a couple of years. But with, with that Honda unit giving them that shove that, that they've got this year, I think it could be a good weekend for Red Bull and hopefully, hopefully a good weekend for my boy Max. Yeah, Max Verstappen not having a good weekend in Hungary a month ago now, four weeks ago now, and he'll be looking to get his first win around Spa, get back to winning Rays as well. I mean, obviously he didn't win in, in Silverstone, no hung, Hungary, but it's just a little gap between him and Lewis Hamilton. It's only eight points in the construct in the Drivers' Championship. And of course, Sam, we can't forget the other guy in this championship battle as well, Sir Lewis Hamilton. He's going on a high. He's finished in second place in Hungary despite... Despite all the going to the back of the field and the and the tire stops and everything, he was still there in second place, getting some great points in Hungary. How do you see him going into Belgium? Because it's a track where he's won at before, but he's also had a lot of bad luck here too. Yeah, well, yeah. At the race last, I just watched the highlights of the race last year um, before this, and yeah, he pretty much pretty much strolled to that win without really any any hassle. Really, but that was when the Mercedes didn't really have any competition on a grid. But yeah, as you said, he'll be coming in on a high from the last few races because, well, going into Silverstone, he was about 30 points behind Verstappen and now he's he's somehow got, say, eight points ahead. So yeah, he's, he's going to be riding high on that momentum. And, you know, and we saw in the second part of the season in 2018 how how he kind of turned it on and put, put the title battle to bed uh, very quickly. So... Yeah, I think if he wins this race, it's going to be going to be a big moment in the championship going forwards because I can see him kind of running away with it after that. But you're just going to have to see what the what the performance is like in in, uh, in the practice sessions to see where we are really because obviously we don't know what the team's been working on over the course of the break. So it's just going to be interesting to see where the cars are because they are quite equal performance in the past couple of races. And um, yeah, I guess we don't really know like what's definitive kind of better car is at the moment until until they get on the track really 
Yeah, we're not going to know until the uh, until the guys get out on track. Obviously, we've had four weeks uh, off. We've had, I think, a two-week shutdown by the factories or something like that. But they still have plenty of time to improve the car. A lot could have changed for those front two. It's been a fascinating battle. If I had to hazard a guess personally, I'd say that Red Bull probably have the advantage, Aaron. I mean, I've, I think they've had the advantage around power tracks and Spa is definitely a power circuit. But you can never rule out Mercedes. They just know how to win and get it across the line. So how do you see that this battle going this weekend? I think it's going to be quite similar to uh, the Silverstone weekend because you saw Mercedes sort of throw a bit of a curveball. Okay, they brought an upgrade to that weekend. But they kind of, they kind of read read the storm that was coming with Red Bull having a slightly quicker car and they tuned their car appropriately, having more speed on the straights. And if they go that way this weekend and then qualify second or third on the grid, they, they could be leading by the end of lap one. But of course, if Max makes a good start and he's he's up there, then he can control the race. And that, that Honda Power Unit, as you mentioned, Tom, is much stronger than it ever has been before, which is kind of a shame for Honda because... They're disappearing at the end of this year. But of course, they're putting all their eggs in this basket and want, want to bring home the championship. So it's going to come down to how they set up the cars through practice. And like you say, Sam, how that practice sessions go. But it's, it's going to be really, really tight. It's going to be we're going to be very dependent on the qualifying session, but then again on the start. And you saw 2018 where Sebastian Vettel just swamped Lewis Hamilton on the uh, run-up to Lecom. And we could see something very similar again. And don't don't be surprised if there's someone unexpected leading out of Lecom, like a McLaren or perhaps even a Ferrari. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I was at that race in 2018. It was it was Hamilton and Vettel and the two Force Indias, I think they were called at the yeah. time. Yeah, that, was an awesome, that was an awesome kind of uh, shot, wasn't it? Of all those four going down that straight. That was, that was so good. The race after that wasn't very good, was it? I don't remember anything else about that race. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was it wasn't the best it wasn't the best but the ferrari fans and the germans left home uh, left there very very happy indeed because fell one but yeah I, I think you're right on that Aaron. i really do i think um it's really going to come down to how they set up set up the cars as well there's the first and the final sector it's absolute straight line speed but the middle sector it's all about the down downforce the high speed downforce and who's going to come out on top of that i don't know it's it's going to be really tight and Another thing, Tom, another thing to mention is, and I'm going to I always say this, it doesn't come true most of the time, but it is forecast to rain this weekend, uh, the entire we weekend. But as I know from personal experience, you cannot predict the weather in this part of the world. But what we could try and predict is how the second drivers in the top teams are going to get on. Sergio Perez and Valtteri Bottas, both of those were wiped out and in the first corner incident at Hungary. But this time they should hopefully get a chance to influence the race. Depending on how Perez and Bottas get on, could very well sort of help define how the constructors' championship is going to play out for, for the rest of this season. Bottas is arguably being the more consistent. I'm not really convinced of myself when I'm saying that, but he has had some pretty decent races. Whether he'll be at Mercedes next year, whether he knows the answer to that, I mean, I'm not going to go over that again because it's been done to death and it's not going to help him in any way. But whether he's got the answers to that in his head or not, that could either help him or hinder him. Perez is obviously a very, very experienced driver and has settled into that Red Bull pretty nicely, all things told. Hungary obviously wasn't his fault. You know, he got absolutely yeeted by, by Bottas in the sort of ensuing mess. But yeah, it's, it's going to be nip and tuck between those two. But then I think 
behind the sort of second of the top two teams, you're going to have the likes of Lando Norris really nipping at his heels, maybe Fernando Alonso or Esteban Ocon or, dare I say, even maybe a Ferrari up there or an Aston Martin. It's it's all possible. The midfield battle does tend to swallow up Bottas and Perez at times. Um, and the guy that's been at the head of that midfield battle, more often than not, has been Lando Norris. Now, I feel for the guy, he, he's been incredible this season. He's still in third in the championship. Obviously, his point streak is over now, but he's got a very good chance this weekend, Sam, to, to rekindle that form because he's been absolutely amazing this season. Yeah, no, he's he's been far and away the the class of the the midfield, isn't he? He's um he's absolutely outclassed Daniel Ricciardo, which I don't think any of us kind of expected um, the gap to be as big as it currently is. He's he's always kind of been there so far this season. When something's happened up front, he's been the one that's always kind of, as Tom said, in the nipping at the hills of the front four, just trying to get the, any advantages that he can. And uh, yeah, the McLaren should be pretty good around this track. Um, I'm expecting them, the Ferrari, to be at the head of the midfield again, as they have been all season, really. Um, so yeah, we'll see what Lando can do. He got, obviously, yeah, as you said, his points finish has been stopped now by no fault of his own. He was just like a passenger, was he, in that absolute kind of carnage that was on the the first corner of the last race. We probably haven't talked about that enough already, so <laughs> won't go into that. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll see what see what Lando can do. I expect them to be yeah, around the, the fifth and sixth kind of kind of places for sure on the grid. Um, we'll see how is he. How many podiums have he got? Has he got two podiums this year or one? Uh, he's got, three. He's got one. He's got three. Jesus, That's three. Yeah, uh, yeah. Austria, right. So yeah, Imola and uh, Monaco. Yeah. So yeah. So he's had three podiums. So far in his career and yeah if something happens ahead of him then that can happen again for sure it's definitely possible I mean McLaren really should be the third fastest team around this track it's a power circuit it should yeah, suit exactly. the car should suit the Mercedes engine as well but the main question I mean Lando Norris is a bit of a known quantity this year to say the least but the big question marks are really over his teammate Daniel Ricciardo Aaron I mean I, I love Ricardo. I really want to see him succeed and I want to say as well because some people called me out on this I meant to say that he survived the first corner incident in Hungary. Not that he has survived it unscathed. I know he had damage. I know he, I know that's why he struggled, but he has struggled a lot this season. So I just want to clear that up. But how do you see Ricardo getting on this weekend? Because it's a circuit where he's won out in the past. But we said this about we said this about other tracks, and he's just not performed. I mean, it's very hot and cold in that McLaren. Yeah, he's sort. Of, he's been kind of nowhere, or he's managed to just nip ahead of Lando. I really hope that he's been able to go back to Woking and sort of get on top of things. He's had two or three weeks to look at everything and just process it and, and work at things. He maybe had a, a few hours in the simulator just to sort of iron out a few of the kinks. From other videos that I've seen around on the YouTube and stuff, it's it's on the breaks that he's really struggling. And that's kind of where he's most famed for, for those late-breaking manoeuvres. And if you're struggling on the brakes, you're not, not going to have the confidence to make those overtakes. So you end up getting stuck. Kind of hoping that the car suiting Belgium and the Spa circuit will play into his hands a little bit more. But then again, you have to be daring on the brakes so many points of this track to carry the speed through the corners. And then if you're not, you just end up bleeding lap time. So we can kind of see it going both ways for Daniel. It, it could be a return to glory for him, or it could be more of the struggles that we've seen so far this season, which I don't think should detract from 
his quality as a driver because it's it's been said by Lando and by Carlos Sainz that the McLaren has been a difficult car to drive at times. Lando's had three seasons now, two and a half seasons in his third season to get on top of that, to, to learn the nuances. And now he's collecting all the fruits of his labour to go and score podiums and points and hopefully sometime in the future, some wins. Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo is a great driver and ironically, he is the more experienced driver overall, but he's inexperienced in that team and in that car and he's and it's showing, unfortunately. I really hope he can get on top of it. He seems to be great one week and then not so great the next. Hopefully he'll be great at this track though this weekend because McLaren are right in there with a constructors battle with Ferrari. They, they're level, in fact, after the after Vettel got disqualified in Hungary. They're level on 163 points each. So it's it's so important. Every point counts so much. But let's talk about Ferrari because, Tom, I, I think they're going to struggle this weekend. They struggle around power tracks. This is very much a power circuit, but they have proved us wrong with this before. Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, they're both driving the wheels off of that Ferrari and they've really carried it to uh, the joint third in the Constructors' Championship. So how do you see them getting on this weekend? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty for Ferrari this weekend. I don't think it's going to be anything as bad as it was last year when I think Vettel went out in Q1 and declared maybe only just made it through to Q2. I might be slightly wrong on that, but I, I remember it's pretty dismal. Is it, the Ferrari has been in a unique position this year because they obviously spent all their development tokens on the rear of the car, trying to get the rear to be more stable or to, or to get it to be more sorted. But obviously they then weren't able to do anything to the front of the car. So the front wing, and if you look at the front wing, sort of front nose design is still a lot wider than most of the other designs on the grid. Now I get it, every team does its own design, but it does seem that that sort of narrow nose is the more efficient approach. The power unit is obviously better than it was last year, but it's not. It's certainly not what it was like in 2018 and 2019. Now, obviously, there were some funny goings on then. I think both Sainz and Leclerc, they've been driving beyond that the limits of that car's capability almost. They've been getting absolutely everything out of it. I mean, they've both had a podium. Leclerc nearly won a race, for heaven's sake. I mean, yes, I know he was a little bit fortunate with what went on in front of him, but you take the hand that you were dealt and he so nearly won a race. So they could maybe sink into the points if they're perhaps good for safety cars or retirements or if they get, you know, you know, if they get a good undercut or overcut, you know, they might be able to work strategy into it somehow, but I don't think they're going to have a particularly good weekend just on raw pace. Oh, I think it's going to be difficult for them, to be honest, um, here and unfortunately for them as well. Monza, I think they'll be two, two very difficult tracks for them, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens to them. Before we get into the fifth place team in the Constructors, I will give a shout out to someone who has given us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Debbie in Chicago has put, appreciate the diversity. I'm new to F1 and as such, I value the depth of the discussions and diversity of perspectives and a female voice is refreshing. Thanks. So sorry to disappoint you, Debbie, but I'm on this weekend. But hopefully Steph and Ruby will make a comeback soon on the show. Um, <laughs> and if you want to get your name read out, read out at the start of the show, you give us a five-star review on iTunes and we'll give you a shout-out uh, at the start of every show or fifth place as well. That's what we normally do. So moving on to fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. And Sam, surprisingly, it's Alpine, Esteban Ocon's win and uh, Fernando Alonso's fourth place doing absolute bits for them in the Constructors. It's really really catapulted them up there ahead of Alfa Tari, ahead of Aston Martin. But again, like Ferrari, I think this will probably be a difficult weekend for them. They're a bit of an underpowered car. 
And Alonso as well. This is probably his weakest track on the calendar. He's never won here before. Has he not? Well, that's, no? that's quite, a, quite a surprising stat, that is. Yeah, no, uh, Alpine, yeah, obviously, bar the win they had last year, they, last race, um, they've not been in great form, have they, apart from that? They've always seemed to be towards a kind of kind of fine with the Aston Martins, not really going forward than that. They've they've struggled they struggled to challenge the likes of McLaren and Ferrari for the one of the upper echelons of the points. And but yeah, bar that win, they would have been quite that that win and that fourth place for Alonso, they would have been quite a way down the standings, you know, behind Alphatari and Aston Martin. So that's really done them a solid. But yeah, as you said here, I don't really see them really troubling the the top end of the points like they did in the last race obviously but yeah but unless we see another crazy race I don't really see them kind of getting anywhere near the likes of McLaren and Ferrari once again but we'll see you know uh, Alonso has shown us this year that um, once he's got his kind of mojo back he can he can get the maximum performance out of any car that he's in and as we saw in the last race he can defend for his life I know it's going to be a bit more difficult around this track to defend from from cars, but we'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah, my my respect for Alonso this year has kind of gone a lot higher than it previously was from his from his last in this one. Um, I'm pretty glad he's back to be honest because he's just a he's just a brilliant driver and yeah, I, I hope he stays around for a couple of more years and gets a chance at um, at winning races again because I think he deserves one more and a shot of that before he retires. Me too. He's been close a lot of years and come up yeah. just short ever since he won his second title in 2006 and it'd be good to see him up there again it's not going to yeah. be this year it could be next no. year though yeah he's kind of gone a record on said yeah he doesn't yeah this year is just about building for 2022 which is for a lot of teams but I guess they'll take what they can get this year whilst they're in the the, the thick of the midfield battle and with like Alphatari and Aston Martin that's where they are so um, yeah we'll see but I don't think yeah as with Ferrari I don't think they're going to have a great weekend at all no, I think Zandvoort will be a much better track for them. Uh, but we'll see. You never know. I mean, Ocon, he, he's done well here in the past. He's done well here when he when he drove for Force India. Alonso, despite never winning, has had some really good results, pulled out some incredible performances. I think, I think he got seventh one year in that awful McLaren Honda when he had no right to be anywhere near up there. So fair play of the guy. He can really get a result out of his car. But a team that I think could be in for a good weekend this weekend, Aaron, is... Alpha Tauri. Now they've slipped down to sixth in the constructors, but they've got a Honda power unit in the back of the car. Gasly usually does, does quite well here. And I think Yuki Sonoda, even though he has struggled this season, I think this track will suit him. It's high speed. It's got a lot of runoff, so you can make some mistakes. And yeah, it, you know, it really rewards um, cojones, let's just say. So I think he's got plenty of those, bless him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he has. He reminds me a lot of Takuma Sato. The way he burst onto the scene was kind of uber flamboyant and he was crashing every other weekend or it, it, there was always something crazy going on. And he's very, very similar with that. Did he, did he pick up the win in F2 last year? Um, it, yeah, sure. I, think, I think he did. Because Mazepin, didn't he get like a penalty or something? Uh, oh yeah, because he... That, um, that doesn't narrow it down Because Mazepin um, <laughs> like then kicked, kicked out at the end, didn't he? Like yeah. He kicked out he, the uh, sign. The he was having a tantrum. Yeah, what surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get what I want. Okay, I'll kick things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, for Yuki, that, that will stand him in good stead because he's had a bit of a, a rough first half of the season where it's been pretty up and down and sometimes in the wall. And he just needs to calm down, really. He, he's got the speed and if he delivers on track, he'll deliver 
good results. And he probably isn't that far away from Pierre Gasly in terms of raw pace and raw talent. Gasly's just had several seasons now of putting it together. He's gone through the hardships of that time at Red Bull and being dropped by Red Bull. And he's absolutely flying. I mean, he's pulled out some brilliant qualifying laps this season, which has really surprised me, actually. I didn't think the AlphaTauri was going to be quite that strong at times. But, you know, sticking up P4 on the grid in Baku and then uh, in Hungary, was he P5 or something? Best of the rest, wasn't he? He was. He was. Yeah, he's, been in, he's been in the top six quite a few times. Yeah, the mm. amount of top six qualifying performances he's had has been fantastic and kind of outperforming that car. A bit like with uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari. Mm. I mean, it's very similar to the Red Bull in terms of its downforce philosophy. So if the Red Bull goes well, the AlphaTauri in theory should go well. But I think they lack a little bit of the, the raw downforce. They might then sub that for some straight line speed, which could leave them quite handily placed in the race, even if they qualify uh, sort of around the mid-grid edge of the top 10. So don't, don't rule them out for some good points. I mean... If we have another crazy race, they'll be looking to take advantage of it. Definitely, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of pace in that car and it's got a lot of potential. Another car that's shown a lot of potential as well after a bit of a slow start to the season has been Aston Martin. Now, it was it was, it was was an ultimate high for them getting a second place in Hungary, but then obviously Vettel got disqualified. They went from, I think they went from sixth down to seventh because of that. They're 20 points behind Alpha Tauri. They're not going to close that gap this weekend, Tom, but... This is a team, the Silverstone outfit, whether it be Jordan, whether it be Force India, uh, and now Aston Martin, they've always gone well around Spa. So how do you see them getting on this weekend? Because it's a track where Vettel's won out a few times as well. With Aston Martin, they're either going to come 8th or 18th, and there's about no in-between with them this season. <laughs> you know, they've um, they, they've had a real roller coaster of, uh, you know, of, of, of results. You know, obviously Vettel's two podiums with the second one, obviously subsequently being disqualified. With that Mercedes unit in the back, they could get a decent shove around here, um, depending on how they set the car up. You know, it, obviously they set it up to take maximum maximum effect of of that power unit. So you know, if they get a good shove down the camel straight and then that down the back straight as well, who knows? But they could, you know, if they get into some dirt here or to go around um, sort of like Lake Com or something, they could end up all over the place, and the car could be the you know twitching like Obi's business. It's really hard to say with Aston Martin because I, at the start of the season, I, I would have said probably not much because they had a pretty poor Bahrain and the first few races weren't great. But they they have got better, but then they seem to have gone down a bit again. And I don't I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of the actual drivers, Vettel will probably have a stronger weekend. You know, I think experience will play a lot if the car's not there. Um, Stroll will. He'll be there, you know. You know, the, 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 it was strong. I feel like they can't can't say much about him. He, you know, not taking anything away from him. I think he's a decent driver, but I just think he'll be a bit anonymous, almost. You know, you know, we might hear him and his engineer you know, have a bit of a lovers' tiff at some point, and then and see him the following weekend. His engineer always sounds really angry at them, doesn't he? Well, I, 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 you know, I seem to remember from Turkey last year when Stroll was saying that his tires were knackered, you know, channeling his inner Hamilton, and um, and and, and, then, and then and then and then his engineer just says, "I'm like, oh, stay out then." I know exactly. I know exactly. Like an exasperated mother. You know, I was just to say that. You know, I'm sure about about sort of like 10, 15 years ago when I was a teenager. 
I remember my mum sort of making those kind of comments like this is to say, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was that kind of thing. It's like when you're constantly in and out of the house and your mum's like, you're either in or you're out. You're out. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then my dad would be, you know, shouting, shut the door, we're not heating the street. You know, was, <laughs> were you born in a barn? Yeah, born in a barn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well. That phrase is lost on me. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I think, in oh, fairness to Stroll, not much being said about him is actually. I think quite he's doing a good it in the world start. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes the attention away from the fact that he's he's daddy's boy, but he's there quietly accumulating these sensible he's results. Thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And whilst it, I, I do think he came into F1 too soon. He came mm. from Formula 3, didn't he, in 2017. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, a fair amount of that was because his father put investment into Williams. Then, obviously, the move to Racing Point come Aston Martin. You know, he's obviously followed him around. And why wouldn't you? And I, I do think he's obviously evolved a lot as a driver. He's matured a lot as, as a driver. He still has a lot to learn. But he's younger than I am. And, you know, I'm 26. Stroll is something like 24. So let's not forget that he is not particularly old. Mm. Yeah, he was only 18 when he came in, and yeah, I, th- I think he's improved year on year. But he needs he needs to cut out the odd mistake, like we saw in Hungary, just piling into the side of Charles Leclerc, wasn't it? Yeah, the start that that's not going to endear to anybody. But other than that, this season he's he's been fairly consistent, I'd say. Not the most spectacular, but yeah, like the most tension he's had all year is when he became a meme in Monaco. Because when he crashed, <laughs> and that wasn't his fault. Like he could no, yeah. about that. <laughs> just because he was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next two weeks, everyone was just putting Lance Stroll on loads of classic F1 clips. He'll be one to look out for as well. If it rains, he, he generally goes yeah. quite well. If it if it rains, so well, so I, to say, in fairness. Yeah. 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 What, what I mean, because you know, he got pulled in in Turkey Thank last year Turkey. in the rain. Yeah, yeah the ice rink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Canadian, isn't he? You know, he should be used to skating around on ice. So, fair enough. <laughs> really at home on that. Uh, God, yeah. I bet, I bet he's looking forward to the Istanbul race again. I bet he hopes it rains again, but he probably won't do. It's pretty rare it happens like that. But um, he'll ask yeah. his dad to relay the track surface again, won't he? Because <laughs> <laughs> they can afford it. Oh my God! Yeah, they, they can afford it. Pain. They can afford it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. F one and bribery. I don't know what you mean. Anyway, moving swiftly. Yeah, we're going moving on, on. <laughs> That's another rabbit hole. I like. I like yeah. to think the listeners do like it. I hope. And tangents are always so funny. They, so, they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so another team that's very difficult to predict is Williams. Sam. Now, obviously, it finally happened. Nicholas the TV got points. George Russell got points. Seven and eight after disqualifications. Ten points on the board. Seven points ahead of Alfa Romeo. Let's go. The Let's season, go. Yes. The season's gone from being a disaster to being not as much of a disaster. If they finish up eight for the end of it, I think they'll take that as a very good year. So how do you see them getting on this weekend? It's a track, again, it should favour the Mercedes engine, but we always talk about the peaky downforce and how it's going to act. So how do you think they're going to get on? Yeah, and we've seen, well, if it's if there's a little bit of winds, they can't handle that either, can it? And we'll see see what the weather's like. You said it might rain. We'll see. But uh, yeah, obviously an incredible result for them last time. Latifi drove an excellent race. I was really impressed with him. We haven't really seen like him racing wheel to wheel much people in his, during his career, really. And then, yeah, it was just really good to see. And of course, now he's got more points than George Russell. So 
Latifi to Mercedes confirms. You, you heard it here first, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I don't think that's a reflection on the the kind of levels of the two drivers. Obviously, George is a is a higher quality driver. We've seen what he's done in in some of the some of the qualifying sessions this year. And yeah, we'll see what um, he can do on Saturday again. Whether obviously by well today is obviously there's been this total wolf thing that's came out in the news today. Um, Ooh, I, don't know that? I haven't actually seen that. You're right back off to Google. Do tell Sam. Breaking. It's like this, like to do with money and the Aston Martin and Lawrence Ooh. Stroll. Not entirely sure. What, Toto it, Wolf. It's a suspected of insider trading. Bloody hell! That's yeah, so, oh, like, that's actually quite serious. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad because him and Lawrence Stroll are pretty close friends, aren't they? So. Ooh. Yeah, you can always see them together in the paddock. So I'm not obviously. I saw that on Reddit earlier. I was like, I don't really. That's a very well, serious thing, but okay. they've got to prove it, which is difficult usually. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Lawrence Stroll can afford some very high-quality lawyers as well. That's yeah, kind of exactly. tell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll get away with it. Yeah, but yeah, I was going to say that might delay the. Well, we don't know if George is going to be announced as a Mercedes driver. Obviously, but we don't know that for sure. But it, I think I think he will eventually. But I've seen also today that Lewis wants to keep Bottas as a teammate. And we know I'm Lewis sure he the, does. <laughs> we know we know we know Lewis has the power of that team to kind of decide who his teammate is, and I and I don't think George wants to spend another year kind of trundling around the back, does he? So, mm. um, yeah. So it's all up in the air as, as we speak. Um, but yeah, getting back to Williams this weekend. Um, <laughs> kind of tangents two again. Tangents there. <laughs> getting back to Williams this weekend. Yeah, I don't really see them troubling the points again unless there's another big unless we see like a Spa 1998 kind of kind of thing going on yeah I, I reckon they'll be ahead of Haas maybe level with Alfa Romeo again yeah I don't see them getting points again for the rest of the season that, that, that'll be fine to be honest because Alfa Romeo are pretty terrible as well and I don't see them getting seven points over the course of the season either so and Haas obviously are not going to get points so yeah I think if, if they finish on 10 points it's going to be a, a job well done really like Burnley finishing seventeenth, like it's not it's not gonna not gonna set the world alight, but um, yeah, it's a job done. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's a good season for them if they finish eighth. It's progress. It's good points as well, getting ten. And before it's worth, I agree. I can't see Alfa Romeo getting another seven, eight points. They've, they've scraped three, like three ten places, two three tenth places. That's all they've managed to get. And. Aaron, I can't really see them getting much better than that this weekend. I mean, we've got Kimi Raikkonen and it was one round spar four times. He always goes well here, but maybe low-end points, but I can't really see anything spectacular for him nor Giovinazzi this weekend. Well, don't write off Kimi. You could tip him for the win. He's got a good record round spar. Oh my God, Never can know. you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Just goes and bags, win number five. I mean, he won in that <laughs> sort of... Yeah. He won in the uh, dog of a Ferrari from 2009. So, I mean, anything's possible. And Fisichella was on pole that year. So, stranger things have happened. Mm. But that Alfa Romeo, it, it looked okay at the start of the year, but it's just kind of regressed very slowly and reversed itself towards Haas. And Williams have done re- really well to pick up those points in that crazy race in Hungary. And Alfa Romeo, both their drivers managed to shoot themselves in the foot by picking up penalties. I mean, admittedly, Kimi's wasn't really his fault, but... Giovinazzi could definitely have helped by speeding in the pit by not speeding in the pit lane, being on track at the right time to pick up those points. 
I don't think they'll they'll go very well. The Ferrari power unit lacks a little bit of top speed, so they won't be troubling the the top speeds sector times. They'll be just sort of nowhere, sort of <laughs> mid teens, you know, somewhere ahead of Haas, somewhere behind everyone else, and you know, maybe Kimi will give us some sound bites on the radio or something. <laughs> I think he probably will. If he's getting bored, bless him on long straights, he'll probably uh, he'll probably give us some sound bites, give us some give us some best radios of the weekend. Yeah, but I know what you mean they're not particularly terrible, Alfa Romeo. They're, they're always a, just just outside the points, but they never they're very rarely in them. Right? Yeah, they're Don't just, really they're see just, that changing. They're just kind of there, aren't they? They're just one of those teams. Like yeah, and Giovinazzi's the numbers. Giovinazzi has crashed out of the last two Belgian Grand Prix. Which yep. I because I watched both the highlights from the previous two years uh, before this, and he's crashed out. Well, he crashed out Puan in 2019, like the last uh, on the last lap. Was, yeah, was he, wasn't yeah. he in the points in that one as well? I'm pretty sure he would have been like his second point or something. And then last year he, he took um, well, he, he spun like a little bit further down the track, and then George ran over his wheel. Yeah. So, so, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was one of the only things that happened really in the race last year. It was not a good race last year. Really not. It's a fantastic track spa, but it can make some dull races. That was one of the few. Hopefully it's different this week. And especially, like I keep mentioning, if it rains, that's the key. If it rains, it's going to be mental. If not, it could well be mental anyway. It's a hell of a circuit. Um, we only need a little bit of rain because I watched the actually watched the uh, 1995 uh, race mm. today in preparation for this, just to you know, <laughs> <Revision>. <laughs> dive deep into the archives. I knew it would come in yeah. somewhere. Um, but even there wasn't really that much rain, and it, like half the track was wet, half the track, track was dry. So you might you might just get this crazy anom- anomaly for like fifteen minutes where no one's on the right tire, and it's whoever can survive and, and make it through without crashing. Looking your way, Giovinazzi. Bold, bold. I'm just going to say my bold prediction again oh. now is Giovinazzi crashes out again. Is that, that, is that a bold prediction though? Well, okay, like, that's an expectation. Yeah, bold prediction. Yeah, I think that's a good bold prediction. Giovinazzi keeps on the track. Yeah, that's yeah, a bold, yeah, bold prediction. <laughs> Giovinazzi does, doesn't crash out. Let's say that. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh man. So speaking of crashes, let's get on to the final team. Pass. I'm sorry, Tom. You've uh, got the short straw. I mean, it's 30 years after Michael Schumacher's F1 debut. Maybe they'll do something interesting for Mick Schumacher, get him to drive his dad's Jordan from 91 or something. But other than that, I don't really see the hash drivers doing anything particularly interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just silence. Just silence. You have no answer. Um, Will has turned up at the circuit. Yes. Yeah, they will, I think, because they're contractually obliged to. Um, Yeah. That's the that's about it. No, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, unless there's like some glitch in the matrix, we're not realistically going to see the Haas near the point. Sorry, because this is again a power dependent circuit, and that Haas they might as well drive one of the team lorries around for all good it's worth this year. I do get obviously they're putting all their eggs into the basket for next year. And I don't blame them because I was thrown on an extremely limited budget, hence the driver lineup. And that goes for both sides of the garage because let's not dismiss the amount of investment that Schumacher brings and that that name mm. brings. Not taking anything away from his driving, obviously, he is an F2 champion, but it's not all Mazepin that's the money driver in that team. Yeah, I, I mean, 
there's only so much they can do in that car. I mean, I feel like I'm just repeating myself week to week with with us at the minute. It doesn't get any uh, better, does it? It never changes. No, they're, they're probably just counting down the days <laughs> until 2022. I really do hope we can see them bring somewhat of a fight next year, but this year they're only battling themselves and maybe, well, probably Alfa Romeo's, but I think that Alfa Romeo is just far enough ahead of them of the track that they're not really going to have too much of an issue and then they can just go for a nice Sunday drive put the cruise control on and finish having only had to do like you know however many laps it is minus about three that's how yeah, it normally to be fair, goes. yeah they, they never do a full race distance do they <laughs> nah so yeah. Christ alive imagine if we had the outer layer this year if we have it this year Oh my be... days. Yeah. yeah. We might, we might do. <laughs> Power circuit as well. Yeah. And, and you know, seriously, if, if we get out to circuit this year, the Haas could be lapped five times, if not more. Because yeah. they were they were lapped four times in I think Maspin was lapped four times in Austria. Yeah. Jeez. So some <laughs> they were somewhere. They were both of them were lapped three times. And I'm sure Maspin has been lapped four times. <laughs> yeah. It's all in perspective, more. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But to be fair, like Schumacher's, I know it's a dog of a car, but Schumacher's spun a few times as well in qualifying. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, it's not all been Mazepin that's been. No, 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 no absolutely not. As well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and it was um, it was Schumacher who spun out in or hit the barriers in Monaco. Yeah. Because his team was hmm. it 750,000 euros, a million euros. Sorry, I'm going to turn the fan off. It's just gone Baltic in here. Well, you, you know, Schumacher's not the. Be all and end all, you know. He mm. he did put up a good fight in Hungary. You know, he, he put on some real defensive moves. It was really nice to see him like legitimately battling for places. I mean, Mazepin, you know, it was just put put the money aside for a minute because we know that's why he's there. He yes, he's improved to the sense that he's not spinning in at least one session every weekend, but he is consistently half a second off his teammate in, in qualifying. I don't... I think the only time he's maybe out-qualified him was in Monaco when Mick couldn't get out because Mick had hit the barriers. I mean... What can you say? I'm struggling here. It's just, yeah, well, you've managed to talk for quite... You managed to talk for quite a few minutes tonight. Which you've is, given some decent air Which is a good, yeah. good achievement, really, to be honest. Yeah, but it was, it, to, yeah. to be fair, a, a lot of that was me just going... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the phrase, isn't it? Just ah, yeah. Oh yeah, Hass. This or that. Oh, I thought something we could say about Hass. Um, this is just me speculating. The rumours, obviously, of Andrassi wanting to get involved in Formula One. Ooh. Perhaps instead of taking over a new team, could we see Gene Hass maybe transition? Because if he wants to keep the American team, could he say bye bye billionaire to? Um, Mazepin senior and perhaps bringing Andretti for to keep the American thing going. Just just a thought. I can see it being a three way thing there because then they could keep the money. Because I'm not sure Andretti, even with all of his pulling power as a name, would would have the financial enough, impact. Yeah, the, the, the financial impact to to keep that team afloat. Yeah. So I think it, yeah. it'd be sort. Of, I mean, it would almost cut out uh, William Story, which would be great. 
because as it stands up, that, 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 he, he just won't he, go away. He's gonna he's gonna pop up again somewhere, isn't he? Oh. But, but was, he, he made this big song and dance before the season that he was like on board with the team. And and I, I've got something here where I want to spray William's story. It's fly on wasp killer. And I just want to spray that in his face and tell him to go away. Yeah, I try to go piss off with you. Yeah. Oh god. That was perfect timing of where that was sitting next to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's got is this Twitter because he's out, he's got this Twitter account. I don't know if it's actually legit. I've or it's just some. I think, I think some, it's some, someone, some like Josh Ravel or someone, just got made a made a fake account and just has been, has been tweet, tweeting. From, Josh, if that's you, no. complain about it. We'll, we'll still respect you, man. Don't worry. But no, I, I think it's probably him. Yeah, I think he's he's insane, isn't he? Oh, he's mental. I've never seen a bottle of rich energy in real life. No, I've, I, I, I actually, I, I actually ordered some. <laughs> Just you know, you know, you know, perhaps I'm helping him launder money. I don't know, but um, definitely are. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen a can of rich energy in a store. You know, you think about like all the different energy drinks. You know, yeah. you, you you have your obvious ones like Red Bull. I'm actually wearing a Red Bull tagger at the moment. You know, tends my favourite team. But you know, you see, you know, you see your monster. You see, you know, Red Bull. You see, you know, there's a another one that's named after a body part that's a little less known. <laughs> I think you know. I, the saw, one I know. I, mean. I know the I one. Think, you mean. I think another one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and there are sorts of. Actually, I'll tell you an energy drink that sponsors the Formula One team that I've never seen in the shop. Hype Energy. Yeah, I've never seen them either. Oh, yeah. Actually. Are yeah. they on the Force India? Yeah, they're on the Force India for a long time. Yeah. Now I now I looked them up on now my go-to place, I'm sure most people do. If you want to find something that's not groceries, is you go to Amazon. And I typed in Hype Energy into Amazon. They came out pretty quickly. So I wonder if it's perhaps more of like a wholesale thing. But I've never seen a can of that in a shop. Um, it's there's some dodgy, dodgy stuff going on with Rich Energy, and yeah. William's story will always be making stories. <laughs> he's um, just because how outlandish he is. <laughs> He's, he's, like a Bond villain. he's like a Bond villain kind of, kind of <laughs> yeah. It comes out with more crazy claims than Bernie Eccleston, which is which is saying something. That's, That's impressive. Good going, yeah. Bernie had some wacky ideas, like sprinklers. <laughs> yes, sprinklers, sprinklers. Yeah, on the track. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious if they tried that form. Instead of the sprint race, just do sprinklers. <laughs> the sprinkler oh. race. <laughs> sprint sprinkler. Yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, man. They should do that Sign for Paul Ricard. They've got the sprinklers there. They'd liven it up. Why not? No, I'd, I'd rather see. I'd rather see the Barcelona. That's an even more dire track. Yeah, that's true. Not wrong there. But the races there this year, well, for them, not too bad. Yeah, so France, definitely France, the exception. Good this year. Yeah, yeah not, not bad at all. But yeah, so but yeah. after that long <laughs> but tangent, back, that back tangent to, that was longer than William yeah. Story's beard. Like, back to the ha- back to Haas. They're they're, they're not going to do anything. No, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite phrases, Hass are gonna bring up the rear. So yeah, let's get into our top let's get into our podium predictions uh for this weekend. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Max Verstappen to win. I'm gonna go with Lewis Hamilton for second. I think it's gonna be a, a usual top two. And you know what? I'm I'm fe- I'm just feeling there's gonna be a big surprise. And it's gonna be my bold prediction as well. I'm gonna go with Daniel Ricardo on the podium in third. I've my got my bold prediction as well. Tom, bold. what's your top three? Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris. Okay, okay. Sam? 
we're kind of going at a risk here of everybody saying kind of the same thing. Um, but so, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I think Verstappen will win and I kind of, I kind of hope he does as well because that will kind of line up the top. Well, no, it's only eight points, but if, if Lewis wins this, um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Verstappen, yeah, I think Verstappen's going to win and Hamilton will be in second and I'm going to go with, um, I'm just going to go boring. We go Bottas for, for P3. The handbot. The handbot. Yeah, the handbot. Is it going to be a full house for Verstappen? No, I think Hamilton's going to just edge him out. He's riding that that wave of momentum. And even though there's been a few weeks between the races, Max has still got the psychological effect of losing 40-odd points to Hamilton the last two races through Mm. mostly no fault of his own. So I think he'll... He'll be doing something to disrupt Hamilton, or Hamilton will have the setup like he did in in uh, Silverstone, and it will work out that way for him. But I still, I still, still think they'll be the top two. So Hamilton, Verstappen, and then I think uh, Lando Norris third place. To be fair, it's, it's really hard to kind of call it, isn't it? It's not. It's I don't know. we've got four weeks off, haven't we? So the, yeah. there's a lot of unknowns about how the teams are developed yeah. and stuff. It's it's really good to have this kind of problem for once, you know. Well, we've all we've all yeah. gone for we've all gone for Mercedes, Red Bull, and McLaren on the podium. So that's a bit of consistency. So I've said my ball prediction: Ricardo for the podium, first podium for McLaren. Tom, what's your ball prediction? The Ferrari gets into the points. Is that is that bold? That's, I mean, that's I mean, quite that's a very sad ball prediction for them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'm taking it. We're off the air in sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom seems to have some connection issues. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sam, what's your um, ball prediction? Well, yeah, I, I kind of came up with mine earlier. It's, it's Giovinazzi to finish the race for the first time <laughs> in his career. Finish the Belgian GP for the first time in his F1 career. Oh, God. I swear to <laughs> God, if Mazepin ends up with more... <laughs> Belgian Grand Prix finishes Dan Giovinazzi <laughs> after this race I'm going to be fuming <laughs> Aaron what's your poll prediction I was going to say Schumacher to get to Q2 because he did it in Paul Ricard even though it crashed but I think the hat will be just a little bit too far behind so I'm going to go for him to out-qualify something that's not uh, another Haas oh so 18th yeah, or higher basically yeah 18th so, or higher so basically what, you, what you're saying is he's going to out-qualify the TV. Yeah, yeah, or someone else who crashed. It? Maybe Sonoda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that count? Does that count? You know, if it's a technical. Oh, well, he's technically, technically, yeah, because he's above him on the grid, then, isn't he? Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like saying Ferrari going to get points. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> shots! Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron's off the air <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're off the air in Italy now completely <laughs> sorry I don't think we're overly popular in Italy I'll be honest I don't think we're, they've, they've never been up there in the in the ranks for uh, oh, no. <laughs> the most listened countries yeah. there in France giving our, giving our takes on Ferrari and uh, Renault I don't think we've gone down too well in those two countries yeah I, I, I always seem to poo on Renault whether <laughs> it's Alpine or Renault, it always seems kind of. Hey, you know, they're playing Alpine though. They're, yeah. they're doing all right. They're in fifth. They're doing well this season. Yeah, they're doing better but, than I thought. I don't expect that to last. I think they'll do very well to hold up AlphaTauri, but we'll see. You never know. With Alonso in there, and Ocon's won a race, of course. So <laughs> anything's possible. 
Right. So those are all the drivers. Those are our predictions and our bold predictions. Uh, I'm going to give you chance, guys a chance to plug. Aaron, I, did, I forgot to mention that you're a Formula One podcaster yourself. So what, what's what's your show and where, where can people find it? Uh, so it's on YouTube. It's uh, Five Red Lights. Uh, so we do uh, race previews, race reviews. I do the Drive of the Month vote. So I do like a straw poll and then I get everyone to vote and then make a video on that. So that's a pretty cool way of getting everyone involved. And I do five things that were great and five things that sucked about every Grand Prix weekend. Fair enough. Definitely check out his uh, channel. I'll be on there this week as well to preview the Belgian Grand Prix. I'm not sure. When, when does it go live, the preview normally? Is it normally a Thursday? Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday. So be sure to check that out. Uh, five red lights on, on YouTube. Tom, I've mentioned that you are part of the EF1 podcast. What is that and where can people find it? So you can find the EF1 podcast on all your favourite podcasting platforms. If you search for the Everything F1 podcast, or the, that's what the E in the EF1 stands for, uh, you'll find us there. We do a weekly weekly podcast where you see previewing and reviewing depending on how the race weekend goes we've had some good guests on we had Ed Straw on the other week and um, we've had Lance Barreto amongst others we've had Jamie Chadwick and Matt Bishop who used to be the communications bloke at Aston Martin we've had some very good guests and we've got some other good ones coming up with regards to the rest of EF1 we are at Join EF1 on all your social platforms and our main Facebook group is the Everything F1 Paddock we've also got a lovely website which I will be giving you a makeover fairly soon, which is everythingf1.com. Thank you for that. Yeah, like like uh, Tom said, they've had some amazing guests on. Jamie Chadwick's a big one as well to get on there. So, Sam, anything you want to plug, my friend? I feel um... rude leaving you out like this. I've got to say something. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have my own shiny podcasts. So, so. But you've got you've got your amazing playlist on Spotify. You can plug those if you want. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of. Um, I'm kind of getting back into making music in the moment, so maybe when I've got something ready to to release, then I'll plug it on here. But yeah, watch, watch this space. What, we'll have a good chat one? about that after. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Talk about that after, but yeah, but yeah, no, I'll definitely check out um, your guys' podcasts because che- yeah, just check these guys out because they're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> very kind of you Sam very kind so yes and if you want to check out more from the Formula 1 Grid Talk we have over 100 episodes in our back catalogue now uh, where you can find them all on Spotify YouTube Apple Music Amazon Music Verbal Omni Studio Pocket Cast and the Formula 1 website as well sorry Formula 1 Chronicle website as well yeah and we've got nearly 200 subscribers on YouTube now if you want to get involved with the show live you can subscribe to our YouTube channel F1 Grid Talk Uh, we go out live there before they go all the shows go onto the usual podcasting platform. So if you want to see the show first, definitely go to there and ring the bell icon as well to, to get the notification when we put a new episode out. And yeah, we'll be back on Saturday to analyze qualifying for the Belgian Grand Prix. Thank you lads for joining us. I really do appreciate it as always. Boris, Thanks for having me. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> plenty, plenty of banter and the yeah, occasional bit of Formula One yeah. as always. So yeah, we'll yeah. see you on Saturday to react to qualifying for the Belgian Grand Prix. See you for that one. Goodbye. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.